Giants 25, Bengals 22. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bob Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Penick. And we are two preseason games into the Brian Dable era, and we are two Davis Webb fourth quarter comebacks into the Brian, uh, Brian Dable era. Everything's coming together like Jerry Reese planned uh, back in 2017 <laughs> when picking him. Um, but, hey, that, that, was a, that was a fun preseason game. You know, obviously Daniel Jones looked good got some stuff with Kayvon we'll hit on the top you know worrying about some injury stuff but like just overall that game like that was that was a fun preseason game at least offensively like there was a lot of fun takeaways to have hey Bobby Skinner um victory Monday the first of what will be many many victory Mondays this year so I'm really really excited for that um yeah it was a very very fun time cool to get back at MetLife uh cool to get back at MetLife where it's uh lit up blue but we'll hit on it right now. Um, I have a little bit of a dark cloud, not a black cloud, not a cloud that's raining, but it is a dark cloud that is hanging over me until I get a cave on Thibodeau injury update, which hopefully will most likely be when 99% of people are listening to this show anyway. Yeah. I, so obviously Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son, uh, hit him with a cut block on a wham block, uh, which, by the way, isn't dirty. Like, I saw everyone freaking out and calling it dirty. That's not dirty. I mean, that's a very legal play in the NFL. In fact, we were praising Daniel Bellinger for making the exact same play last week versus the Patriots. Like, it, it's he did a bad job of it like because he's not a good blocker in Thaddeus Moss, but it, it is a clean play. Kayvon's got to keep, like, know that that's coming. Like, hey, when a, a tight end's coming towards the line of scrimmage from one side to the other, that, that's a, a good shot that that's coming. So it was a clean play. So Kayvon's, but Kayvon got up, was smiling, laughing with teammates, uh, you know, told reporters walking out. I said, I'm good. We're good. Good news. So again, we need to have an official update, but I'm, you know, I, I feel pretty good until we, until, uh, unless something bad comes out. But for him to say, I'm good. We're good. Good news. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Smiling on the sideline was cool, but again, we just, we got to get there. <laughs> we, we got to get to 9am, 10am tomorrow morning. So we can get that update, Bobby Skinner. That's where we got to get to. But yeah, it was, it was super fun. Um, <laughs> just seeing Davis Webb, especially if they go for it on that two point conversion too. It's like, Oh, they're not going to kick the extra point. They can kick the extra point if they really wanted to, um, you know, with the Julian love and, um, because uh, Graham Gano gets you know goes out with that concussion, so Julian Love, Mister Versatility, he can do it all with two beautiful holds. But on that two point conversion, you have Davis Webb rolling out to his right, and he just takes it in himself. The dude seriously does think that he has Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, just stat wise, Davis Webb was uh, twenty two of twenty seven, two hundred four yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, Bachman caught both those eleven catches, one hundred twenty two yards. So. Two kind of insignificant players as far as like the Giants' actual future, but it was cool to see them have that um, that moment. And listen, I, winning is a lot more fun than losing, expe- uh, not especially in the preseason, but even in the preseason. Uh, but let, let's talk about the stuff that matters the most, and that was Daniel Jones went out there and played three series. Before that, this episode was brought to you by uh, Bernardo. His name is just Bernardo on here, and then his his currency is an just R money sign. So I don't know what that means, um, but thank you, Bernardo. And then Geo Thomas, he plays the Geo Guesser game. Justin, who are these people? Oh, Geo Guesser. Our bosses have a lot of fun with that. These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants for two dollars a month plus a month cheers to get to hang out with us live right now as we're celebrating a victory Monday at twelve fifty three. AM on August 22nd. You get to hang out with us live. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers, magnets in the mail, plus shirt raffles two times a month. Uh, you can pick the Talking Giants Tailgate Crew shirts. I saw some of those shirts today. Some of the guys in the L16 Tailgate Crew, they had the shirts on. They look really, really good. They're some of my favorite shirts. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Love yous. 
All right, let's start with what what matters most is the quarterback. Daniel Jones went 14 to 16, 116 yards, zero touchdowns, one very frustrating interception, very very annoying. So hey, but he you know it was against backups, so obviously we have to put that disclaimer in there. But he looked good, you know. Two had the two incompletions. One the one was the David Sills on the sideline, which David Sills missed. Mistimed that uh, jump, jump on that catch. Yeah. Like it could, it could have been a catch, not a guarantee, but it could have been a catch. And then Daniel Bellinger has a drop that turns into an interception. And I went and looked at like screenshots. It was right, it was right in his hands, and it was, uh, you know, he had a defender trailing, so it wasn't like you just want to put it in his gut because the defender could have got a hand on the ball, like that. Like Jones put that. That was great accuracy by Jones, and it pops up and turns into an interception. Which is especially frustrating because it's Daniel Bellinger. Because Bellinger's not supposed to have drops. He's not going to be this huge playmaker in the offense anyways. So when we call upon him, he needs to make those catches. Like, that was very frustrating. Um, You know, evaluating a preseason game, it's like, okay, you know what? That interception doesn't count on Daniel Jones. But just in a game that happens, that's an interception where they could have gotten uh, scored points. And instead, you know, they're, they're taking it the other way and they have good field position. Yeah, we're basically talking about the starting offense, you know, moving the ball somewhat well. Daniel Jones seems like he has control of the offense. And I think that's the phrase that Brian Dable used um, when summarizing Daniel Jones's night during his postgame presser is Daniel Jones just had control of the offense. And I would say that's how I feel about Daniel Jones stemming from this game. But Kenny Galladay dropped touchdown pass week one against Patriots. And then Daniel Bellinger, this tipped ball that you know, led, led to an interception. I mean, that stinks. And those have, those have been things that have in the past, you know, especially with Evan Ingram and, you know, just receivers dropping balls in general. Those are things that have derailed drives and just derailed games in the past. And you just can't have that in an offense that has had a lot of trouble scoring points through the past couple of years. Yeah, it's just, it's just very frustrating. And again, especially because Daniel Bellinger, zero drops last year at San Diego State. Not going to be used a ton in the passing game. So when we call upon you, we need you to we need you to make yeah. the play. And I thought it was interesting that I was listening to the positional coaches press conferences that came out later last week, and Andy Biscoff, the tight ends coach, was talking a lot about Daniel Bellinger as a receiver and as a route runner versus like as a blocker because he was not really that experienced. We didn't get the ball thrown to him a lot down the field at San Diego State because Bobby and I, you know, Bobby, you've been doing a lot of talking about, well, how is Daniel Bellinger going to look as a blocker? That's really that's really what's going to tell the story of his rookie year. Didn't really talk about his blocking, but, you know, Biscoff talked about how he needs to get those reps and he needs to get that experience running those routes down the field and catching the ball and, and, all, and all that part of that process. So I'm not that worried about Daniel Bellinger, though, I, I think because uh, I don't think he's going to have that huge role, number one. Um, and number two, he was pretty reliable at San Diego State. So just don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but Daniel Jones overall, he started out, he like, one, the offense has more space, some high to low stuff. But it's I like that one thing. They're putting the checkdowns in the middle of the field a lot of the time. So he Daniel got Bellinger check- did get one of those checkdowns that was in the middle of the field. And I was like, oh, that's what Daniel Jones is really good at. Yeah, and it was one of those tighter ones where it's like, okay, that gives you flashbacks of 2019 Caden Smith a little bit. Yeah. Um, Got to his checkdowns, but then also, like, you know, especially the first drive, but as the game got along, it's like, okay, he's putting the ball downfield. Like, you had the Seals back shoulder that was 20 yards down the field. You had Colin Johnson, a very tight uh, window on a 20-yard crosser where Colin Should Johnson even picked? bubbled. No, Colin, jo- it, Colin Johnson bobbled it. Like, it was a tight window. It was a tight window throw. All right, I'm interested to see what the old 22 says because it always tells a story, right? Well, they interested- even showed all 22 version on the broadcast. They did. That. Okay, because part of me thought watching it live that maybe it should have been picked. No, it, 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 Colin Johnson just bobbled it. Like, it was okay. a tight throw, but those are the kind of throws we want to see from Daniel. That's yes. Especially in the preseason. I want to see tight window throws. Uh, he had the RPO while getting hit to David Sills. That was a nice throw. So he had some throws down the field that were nice throws and then led the touchdown driver. They pounded it in with Deshaun Corbin. Uh, so Galladay was out there, didn't get any targets. Um, in the plays that I really went and watched back, there wasn't one where I was like, oh, he definitely should have gotten a target here or he could have gotten a target here if this guy wasn't open. But Jones looked good. That's like that's what we needed out of Jones. Like There's been a lot of noise um, from the outside you know, with the practices and somehow last preseason game. Um, but Jones kind of like – 
it it doesn't matter in the grand schemes of th- grand scheme of things, but like I, I feel like the offense kind of needed Jones, that out of Jones um, to come out there. And again, two incompletions. One was a drop turned into an interception, and the other one was a beautifully placed ball where maybe it's a catch if David Sales times it a little better. Yeah, and the fact that the offense is still showing simple things that make sense, but hopefully they're not unveiling everything that they want to do. Um, you know, do, do I want to see some more stuff, maybe a little bit past the sticks, less checkdowns? Yeah, but, you know, we'll, let's let's save it for week one. But at the end of the day, again, I don't really – I'm kind of searching for a reason to talk about Daniel Jones right now. I just don't have that much to say about Daniel Jones. He looked all right. He looked in control of the offense. And, you know, for me, that's what I'm expecting out of him right now. Yeah, and I just like that he was going through progressions and like, hey, when the checkdowns, when you need to get to the checkdown, get to the checkdown. You know, not yeah. t- you know, not taking forever, and and also letting the checkdown get some uh, yards after yards after the catch, uh, which was good. Which I will say, um, you know, if I don't want this to quickly transition us to Antonio Williams if we're not ready yet, but that is very very cool in this offense if that is going to be a thing. Now the defenses are running very vanilla stuff, but. Through these first two weeks, and especially today with Antonio Williams, seeing the space that he had after the catch, and that gets me especially excited for Saquon Barkley, um, if he's going to have this space as this checkdown option that's being targeted still in front of the line of scrimmage, um, I'm very excited for the running backs and getting getting a lot of volume and getting a lot of catches. And that, in my brain, is like an extension of the running game, like... Running backs that are getting those, you know, little dump off targets that are getting five, six yards on a first and 10 or even a second and long, that's an extension of the running game. There was a lot of times that I saw in the second half of this game where they're throwing the ball a lot on first and 10. They, that was by design, by the way. We can, we're going to talk about that a little later, too. Dable did say um, that in the second half, because of the makeshift offensive line that they had, that it was very much by design. You know, Davis Webb had. 27 passing attempts. That was by design with the makeshift offensive line because they didn't want them run blocking often. You saw constantly how on first and 10, they're getting five, six yards, you know, with a little check down Alex Bachman in the middle of the field. That's the stuff that's kind of cool to see where, you know, you don't really want to be running the ball a ton on first and 10 in the NFL today because that's not the smartest of plays. You especially don't want to be doing it on second and long. So if you can have certain pass plays that are extensions extensions of the running game, I love that stuff. And that's the stuff that's been missing uh, from this Giants offense the last few years, early down efficiency. And it just looks like this offense is going to have more space. Like we're seeing the basic parts of it. They're playing yes. with some tempo as well. And it's like, like okay, it's like the Bengals in this preseason game played a, a soft zone. So guess what? When we're running crossers or posts and you're bracketing and doubling those, well, guess what? The checkdown is going to have a lot more room. You know, instead of just running, you know, pick a side, one read, get the yep. ball out of your hands quick, where they're going to cover up, you know, no matter what their scheme is, they're going to have it at least covered up pretty quickly. Um, so it's like, okay, yeah. Like, are they are they covering up the guys down the field deep? Well, yes, but that means when I throw the ball to the check down, he's got some space to move, or he's floated and it's, you know, a seven, eight-yard gain even if he gets tackled right away. Um, so that was good. Uh, uh, something from last week and this week, this offense, I think, is really going to be have a lot of RPOs. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had the most RPOs last year. Yep. It's going to be RPO heavy, uh, whether that's your traditional, you know, read the will linebacker, throw the, you know, uh, throw the slant if he bites, hand it off if he doesn't, or just like, hey, they're playing soft, we're going to run a free release curl or a free release out. Um, you know, those, those type of RPOs. But again, yep. they're going, they're going to be running a lot of RPOs. And, and so, Long story short is through two weeks, we've seen some basics of the offense, and I've been very pleased with just schematic-wise what they're doing. Yes, yes, I, I agree. A um, lot, ton of shotgun, ton of working out of the shotgun um, today, which I thought out of the, out of the Patriots, I, I, that was actually one of the things that I was saying that, oh, Bills and Chiefs, you know, one of the le- leaders in the league, you know, were operating and working out of the shotgun. Uh, but today was one of those things where it, w- it was one of those occurrences where it's like, oh, it really did happen from quarters one to four. So I thought that was cool. I think DJ statistically and by the eye test operates better out of the shotgun. And Saquon Barkley definitely, I think, definitely benefits from being given the ball out of the shotgun. There's less guys in the box. Um, and I think it just it, statistically he's better out of the shotgun as well. Um. Oh, also, 
DraftKings, college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place the same same game parlay for a shot and even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. Just start betting on the Giants. I mean, they're they're never going to lose again. Brian Dable undefeated. Um, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you get a pause and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code JOHNBOY only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem call 100Gambler. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. One per new customer, minimum $5 deposit, and wager $2 issued as eight $25 free bets. Okay, other things with the offense <clears throat> we want to get into. Uh, offensive line, I thought Evan Neal looked solid for the most part, but he did have a couple bad reps. There was the one where he gave up a little bit of a pressure on Tyrock Taylor. It wasn't actually that bad of a rep, but it wasn't a great one either. But there was one rep where he got spun around. But overall, Evan Neal looked calm. He's keeping his feet moving through contact. He was getting to his landmarks. Uh, I thought he looked a lot better versus the Bengals' backups than he did versus the Patriots' backups last week. Looked more comfortable, which is good, in your opinion. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, he just he just looked like he you know belonged out there. And obviously, Evan Neal's it's again he's a he's a rookie. It's it should get better week by week. Uh, now he's he's got reps he's got to clean up like you know that ugly rep I mentioned maybe you'll see you know you'll see it when I post all the Daniel Jones throws tomorrow I'm gonna when I'm lit- gonna do the same thing that I did with Evan Neal last week and I'll zoom in on him and stuff like that so well when you're listening to it it's just they're sliding so it's not uh you know the right guards are there to help but he goes for that punch Deanne gets his hands inside show you know turns him around and just kind of spins him around so that was uh, not uh, not great from Evan Neal, but again, he he. I thought he looked fine today. Uh, and then Devery Hamilton, we talked about watching out for him. He looked whether it was at left guard or left tackle in the run, like on the Deshaun Corbin touchdown. He was the guy who uh, had a beautiful down block. He held his all his own in pass protection. I'm not saying Devery Hamilton is like okay, we now have our swing tackle, but I do think we have our eighth offensive lineman for sure in Devery Hamilton. Uh, you know, like. Uh, Josh Azudu is a lock as a backup. And then it's like, okay, who are the next two? I think Devery Hamilton is definitely going to be one of those two. And then the, the third will probably be a tackle from another team. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Johnson uh, spoke for almost a minute and a half during the positional uh, coaches press conferences towards the latter part of last week. Um, and I don't think that's by accident. I mean, he literally started at guard. Um when the first team was out there, when you had Thomas and when you had Evan Neal out there. And then the right side of the offensive line, I think, stayed out there through the second quarter. And then Andrew Thomas came out and Devery Hamilton went to left tackle uh, before the final group of of the offensive line came in. So um, he's a fun dude. I'm with you. I I wasn't thinking to myself that he was a, a lock to make the team. But after hearing what Bobby Johnson has to say and the fact that Every single thing that the coaching staff has asked him to do, he's done a solid job in. I hope he does stick around. I think he deserves it. So, who doesn't deserve is Will Holden at center. Oh, oh my boy. god, it was so brutal. I thought that um, was gonna. I like at the start of the second half. I thought that was going to tank the second half. Yeah, me too. It was like, okay, this guy's gonna ruin. Like we're always gonna remember Will Holden for being the guy who just tanked an entire half of preseason football. Like it was. Like, you couldn't snap the ball. Yeah. Davis Webb went 22 for 27. Some of those incompletions have to be on Will Holden. Just well, there's not two getting passes. Well, not getting the ball back in time. Because if it was, you know, these are these are certain plays that are designed to get out of the, you know, get, get the ball out of the hands of the quarterback pretty quick. And Holden just had no velocity on these snaps that were coming back, too, even if they were on target. It's crazy. Yeah, so hopefully we have someone else besides Will Holden at backup center next week. Here was the offensive line that we had for the majority of the third quarter then all of the fourth quarter. Um, Eric Smith, and this is from right to left, I want to say. Will it be easier if I read it from left to right? I think so. That's how we yeah, read Yeah, left was Roy and Batika. Roy and Batika, Josh Rivas, Will Holden, who just started playing center, I guess, today. Um, Chris Owens, who looks very small. 
and Eric Smith. Um, so that was the offensive lineman. I told my buddy Jimmy, I said, if any of these offensive linemen make the final 53-man roster, I'm Venmoing you $10. I don't think any of them will. Like, Rivas <laughs> no. definitely wasn't. They only brought him back out of just necessity. And Batika's not going to make it. Will Holden's not going to make it. Owens isn't going to make it, but I, I am interested to watch him. Like, I remember seeing some clips He's of so him small. At, at Alabama at right tackle. Um, and then Eric Smith, I don't think, is, is definitely not making the team. So no, it's like there was our- one play. Shout out Raymond Johnson, old friend of the team, and I ambushed him at the Candlewick Diner last year. There was one play. I think it was a third down. He demolishes. Like, it looked like a play straight out of, like, Madden. Just demolishes Eric Smith. Like, runs him over, trucks him, and he's chasing down Davis Webb. Doesn't get the sack, but, uh, I mean, I was like, it was like a holy shit moment. It was crazy. David Sills, the Sills Army, continues to march. Five catches, 56 yards. Probably not going to make the team. And then Alex Bachman, who's definitely not going to make the team. Maybe he'll have another year. I hope he's... You know, you get like these emotional attachments to guys who never really play. Like I now ha- I have an emotional attachment to Alex Bachman that I hope he's just on the practice squad somehow. And he had 11 catches, 122 yards, two touchdowns. Um, it was, it, this is not like the types you probably come to talking giants for, but I just, I do like a guy who's been around on the practice squad, like having his moment in the sun. No, it's a preseason game, whatever. Like this is he'll, he'll always remember this. Like this is always be like a night he remembers. He had a touchdown in the preseason last year too, by the way. Um, and then his one like touch in the NFL is a jet sweep that got just demolished on fourth down or third down or whatever it was last year in week seventeen. Um, so so, but glad for Alex Bachman. Eleven catches, one hundred twenty-two yards, two touchdowns. Like performer, you know, player of the night. That's over half of Davis Webb's passing yards. Alex Bachman. Yeah, I mean, he he is a ball. Do we? Oh, do should we talk Tyrod Taylor at all? Half of Davis Webb's completions went to uh, Alex Bachman. I think Bachman might have had one from Taylor. Um, that yes, uh, yeah, he he probably did. Taylor, like that Richie James throw on the sideline, was just too high. You know, and like he had him, wa- he had Richard James wide open. It would have been I thought nice there needed jump. to be more velocity on that ball too. Like, dude, get the ball there. Yeah, it's it's. You saw some of the Tyrod Taylor stuff that's like kind of plagued him a little bit in his career, where it's like awesome. You avoided this sack, but you just kind of tanked this play. Like, you left <laughs> a twenty-plus yard play on the table. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't want to because of the conversation. It's like. You know, we're like, oh, well, like he's a backup QB. Um, and I think it's, it's just that's what he is. So um, he, he didn't play much, though. I'm surprised they, they gave him like half a quarter because DJ played into the into the second quarter. And then the Bengals, like he played, you know, he had uh, what was it? He had 11. I guess he had 11 throws um, only for 37 yards. So like three yards, essentially yes. like 3.2 yards per attempt. Um but overall, um, nothing nothing great out of Tyrod Taylor. There was one throw that he missed too that would have went, I think, over fifteen yards too. And it was on a th- was it a third down? Yeah, the one to Marcus Camp. Yeah, yeah, that was on, on a, that was that was a bad throw. Um, anything else offensively before we move to the defense? I, I I mean Antonio Williams, he seems to have the the leg up at, at, in the running back battle. Uh, Do you run so physical? I mean that that eight yard run that to start the game that sets a tone i I, and i know that's not really like uh you know i'm I'm just an analytics uh guy right but i i think runs like that set a tone to start a game it's like oh this game is gonna be like that you know that that's a tone setter right there that's so cool to start out a game like that i i I love antonio williams man now i'm at a point where i hope he gets carries during a game yeah, it's I, like I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world that by some point in this year it's like Antonio Williams gets more carries in a game than Matt Breida. Um, like he had twenty six yards on five carries, so five yards a pop, seven catches for forty six yards. Um, like he could just end up being RB two because Matt Breida has some health issues. Uh, not, he, he consistently had injury issues in his career, and he's been banged up in training camp. Um, so like if if Saquon Barkley were to go down. And you have Matt Breida and Antonio Williams healthy. I might be like, okay, Antonio Williams is going to be the guy that gets 13 carries, 
Burrito's going to get five carries. We're going to use him in the receiving game a little bit. But, like, I could see Antonio Williams just being the guy, like, the, the starter who gets the yeah. majority of the carries in that game. And you know what? I think we got a mailback question about this. Antonio Williams should be the short back running back, the short yardage running back on this team. A guy that hits the hole hard. He's going to put his head down. And he is he is more physical than Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has the thighs, he has the legs. Yeah, Antonio Williams is more of a physical runner than Saquon. It Barkley. looked like he got that fourth and one. They spotted it short, but it, it looked like from yeah. the TV angle that he got there. But they yeah. they called it short. Um, I have a little note on Wandale. We saw him a little bit more today. Manufactured touches. Haven't seen him much this summer. This even includes what we saw like what we saw at camp. Haven't seen him much this summer not being targeted unless it's manufactured. Everything has been very forced, very close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's just a note right now. It's not like a critique. It's just a note. And I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, he's, he's just got to get better at the normal route running stuff. Uh, yeah. And again, he's also five foot eight, So uh, maybe... When Shep does get back, it's like, okay, Shep's still going to get the majority of, of these reps. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the defense. Whoa, 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 Can we talk about Dable first and go then go it. to the defense? Can I read an ad first? Sure. Guys, we got to talk about Roman. Got to talk about Roman. We're going to talk about Brian Dable. Maybe not having the most confidence when it comes to in-game situations. What, Justin? Don't be a hater. But the situation where you need to have confidence is when it comes to the bedroom and when you are with your significant other. So testosterone, it's an important part of a man's body and health. So it's important to start supporting it Early dietary supplements are are a way to aid your body's natural functions. If you feel like diet and exercise are not enough, Roman T support, testosterone support, testy support, they are meant to help maintain men's bodies, naturals, testosterone production. Roman T support is a proprietary supplement formulated by Roman's in-house doctors. You can't find this blend anywhere else roman offers flexible monthly plans with free two-day shipping what i want you to do is i want you to get roman.com slash world go to that website if approved you'll get 15 dollars off your first order of roman t-sport that's get roman.com slash world get roman.com slash world thanks to roman brian dable check it out harsh just implied that brian dable may have Erectile dysfunction. All right, so here's the first thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that's that's good, that I like. You said Brian Dable might have it. He has six kids. Whoa, true. Good point. Maybe uses it. That's why he has all those kids. All right. For, I want to talk about the uh, fourth down approach. So I listened to Brian Dable's presser on WFAN on the way home, and I liked – the quotes that he said after the game when it comes to the fourth down approach. I'm going to clip it up and I'm going to put it on socials on Monday. But he's going to use analytics. And he really talked about how analytics is one of the you know main things and main things that he looks at when it comes to what to do on fourth down. But he also said, well, it's not just the analytics. And it's also just not based on gut. Um, you know, they, they look at those situations. They communicate with people up in the box, whatever. But it's also dependent on opponent. It's depending on the opposing quarterback. And it's also dependent on weather. Those were the three other factors uh, that he really introduced. Um, and I like that. And we did see a situation tonight. Antonio Williams, there was a fourth and one that they didn't get. And I think there was another fourth down towards the second half with Davis Webb where they went for it. And I think they got it. So good on Brian Dable. Hopefully the Giants start going for it on fourth down this year when it makes sense, right? When it makes sense, when you're across the 50 yard line, you know, maybe your borderline field goal range, punting range. Cool. The situation that I want to talk about first quarter, third and 16, the Giants 32 yard line. So that's a 50 yard field goal. There's a holding call on Cincinnati. Brian Dable declines. McPherson hits a 50 yard field goal. Brian Dable says after the game that he probably should have accepted it. I would agree with that. Now, what I would have loved Brian Dable to say is I probably should have accepted that. And in the regular season, I am going to accept penalties like that because then a third and 16 becomes a third and 26. And then that 50 yard field goal becomes a 60 yard field goal. But I would have liked for him to say in the postgame presser, not just that he made the mistake, but 
in the regular season, I will accept things like that. And it just because it's the preseason, I didn't want my defense to run a play unnecessarily. I don't think that's why, though. I think he just he just looked back at it and like I should have accepted. I don't think that was like some grand scheme thing of him. I think he just admitted like I screwed up on that. Yeah. So this is a first year head coach who has been a play caller for the last couple of years since 2018, I think. Right. Um, so he's got to get used to, um, and this even comes with approaching fourth downs too. He's got to get used to making those in-game decisions because now that's his responsibility. You know, Mike Kafka is now in the booth. Um, that's his responsibility of, are we going to go for it? Are we not going to go for it? Um, you know, if there's a defensive penalty on a third and long, am I going to accept that to take the kicker out of field goal range? So, um, that's something that we have to keep an eye on Brian Dable. So first test that we had of Brian Dable, you know, kind of helping out his team a little bit. There's not really a lot that a head coach does. If your head coach isn't the primary play caller, there's not really a lot that he can do to have an impact on a win or a loss. McPherson making a 50-yarder, forcing, having to be, you know, having to kick a 60-yarder or punting is the difference sometimes between winning and losing a game. Yeah, oh, going back to the fourth down thing, I, I, I would like to think and I would hope that on that fourth down where they ran the ball with Antonio Williams, the play before was third and five, and Jones threw it to Antonio Williams in the flats. I would like to think that they communicated to Jones beforehand that, like, hey, you know, we'll we'll go for it on fourth if if we've if we gain some yards on this. I think they and did. Don't need it. I yeah. I hope I hope I just hope that's a part of their process where it seemed like yeah. the last two years that wasn't where it'd be third and five. They, they would huddled. throw it three, four yards, and then they wouldn't go for it. And I just didn't know if there was that communication. And yep. even then, it's just kind of bad process anyway. So I hope there was that type of communication that, hey, we're going to go for it if we get if we need to get some yards uh, on this. So hopefully, hopefully that. All right, now let's talk about the defense. <clears throat> I'm getting to the point where it's like this kind of sucks that Aaron Robinson's our cornerback too. Um, and it's and you know what's the most frustrating part for me, Justin? It's not that just Aaron Robinson probably not going to be a cornerback, to, good cornerback too, is going to get picked on and give up yards this year. But I just wish we had a different outside corner because Aaron Robinson is a nickel corner, played nickel corner at UCF, drafted to be a nickel corner, like he's a nickel corner, and he kind of is like the nickel corner that NFL teams are looking for when they approach the draft in the mid rounds is guess what a guy who can play man, man coverage he'll be physical with you and because teams are spreading the ball out tight ends are uh being split out and aren't the greatest blockers like you need to be able to fit up in the run game and it's like when when we hired Wink Martindale I there was two young guys who I said are great fits for uh Wink Martindale Aaron Robinson and Aziz Ojulari uh on the team and I just feel like with Aaron Robinson, it's going to stunt his growth and maybe even his career overall if he's just stuck on the outside this year because he's not going to be good on the outside. He's going to be an issue for the New York Giants if he's the starting cornerback too. And I just wish we had some other option so we could let Aaron Robinson play in the slot. And I know they drafted Cordell Flott, but again, Aaron Robinson's best spot is there, okay? And I think he can. I think there's a chance he could thrive there uh, potentially. But it's just I just don't see it happening on a cornerback too, and it sucks we're in this situation. I had this kind of thought with Aaron Robinson where I think fifty percent of the time he's gonna make a really nice play in the football. He may get beat at the line, but he's gonna recover well and he's gonna have that pass deflection. It's gonna be like, oh, that's a really good Aaron Robinson play. But then I also think fifty percent of the time he's gonna allow a catch. And what's been happening is that that catch is an explosive play. It's not just allowing a catch underneath. It's not just allowing a five to seven yard catch. And then the offense stays on schedule. He's allowing big plays. And that is where you can show up more on the outside too. That is where you can just tank a defense where, yeah, you can make a nice play on the ball 50% of the time. But if that other time that you're allowing a catch, it goes for 10 plus yards, 15 plus yards that can tank a defense. Yeah, man, and it's just I I don't like that we're in this situation with our cornerback two spot. I wish there was somebody. And again, I'm not expecting someone good to be out there because, but but at the same time, Rand Robinson's not going to be good out there either. And his flaws, like like you said, losing the release, you lose the release on the outside, and like you said, it's going to lead to big plays. It's not going to lead to having a high completion percentage against you. It's going to lead to big plays, um, and that's his biggest flaw. So he he can very easily lose that release and get stacked quickly, 
And I don't care how good his ball skills are. He's not going to be able to just like overcompensate for that. He's not going to be Trevon Diggs. Um, that's just, that's just not going to happen. So I, I just, I wish there was a way where we can just put him at nickel. And it's like, I, and I don't care about, you know, oh, well, that's where Cordell Flotts, uh, is going to play. I, I just want, I want guys to play at their best position. And I think that's where Robinson, uh, fits. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of frustrating for me right now. It's tough to fully get a read on this defense, though. It, it, unless Wink Martindale is kind of doing the things that he wants to do up front, and you don't have Leonard Williams, obviously, still, which I think makes a huge difference. Did see Blake Martinez back out there tonight, which was really, really cool. Just cool to see him navigate and lead the first team out there for the you know for the li- limited times he was out there. Tay Crowder made some nice plays as interior linebacker number two. Which yeah, I he was flying was cool. around a little bit. He had that tackle for a loss on the on the swing pass. Yeah, um, um, so he, he looked he he looked. I mean, he looks a lot better when he's not playing the the Mike linebacker. But it's just it's tough to just get a read on the defense because they've allowed yards, like they've allowed plays, and they they've allowed you know kind of drives to sustain themselves. I think they got you know kind of lucked out a little bit tonight with uh, the Bengals offensive lineman getting so many holding calls um which is Ezel Jalari forced two of those it was great to see him out him out there um but these corners even in the preseason when things are kind of uh dumb uh, dialed down a little bit Jerome Henderson I'm mentioning another uh, positional coach press conference Jerome Henderson did say that they purposely want to leave these guys on islands as a way to test them, as a way to really like, you know, get them, get the experience in there. If, if you're going to allow a catch, um, if you're going to have a nice pass deflection, if you're going to make a play on the football, uh, which I think like guys like Zion Gilbert and Darren Evans did a solid job tonight of making plays on the football. Um, unlike uh, last week against the Patriots where nobody could turn around and play the football. So, you know, hey, Bobby, here's the consolation thing. Maybe. Just maybe during the regular season, Aaron Robinson will be the guy that's going to get some help and that's going to get safety help. And right now it's by design that Aaron Robinson is being left on an island all alone to handle wide receivers. So that's the optimistic take right there. <laughs> yeah, I just I just would like for there to be a way for him to go back to the nickel where he was where he played in yeah. college and where he's he's drafted to to play. And I just think it's going to give cause issues, especially when we're playing some good quarterbacks. That was a March and April problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I know. And it was you know, just like this kind of plan of hope that Aaron Robinson will be able to transition to the outside and look good. And I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, injury stuff on the, on the, on the defense. Darian Beavers went down. He was in a walking boot afterwards. Um, not good to see him injured. But not the biggest thing in the world. If we, if Darian Beavers misses a, a few weeks, still don't want to see it. But I, 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 seven of the 11 rookies injured. Yes. Kayvon Thibodeau. Had it, uh, an injury tonight. Evan Neal, healthy. Wandale Robinson, healthy. Josh Azudu's injured. Cordell Flotz, injured. injured. Uh, Dane Belton. Dane Belton, injured. Daniel Bellinger, healthy. Micah McFadden, healthy. DJ Davidson, who had some solid plays tonight, uh, in the A gap. He left the game, but he came back in, supposedly, according to Arch Stapleton. So, but still, nonetheless, and then Darian Beaver is now injured. I mean, that's and seven Marcus of the McKeithen 11 rookies. Towards yeah, ACL. and Marcus McKeithen towards ACL. So seven out of the 11 guys drafted have uh, dealt with injuries. Yeah. Maybe six, depending on if DJ Davidson just, I don't know. He, he, he supposedly came back in on the field goals uh, team after. So, uh, But, hey, Beavers was having a good pre- had a good preseason week one. Um, don't want to see him go down. I was watching Mackie McFadden a little bit. Didn't make the plays that I, I was hoping for, like he did last week. A couple times where he would had a, he did a bad job taking a, on blocks, and they yeah. were able to uh, wash them out, get a pop, you know, wash them down wherever, you know, wash them wherever they were going. Um, so didn't just didn't get to see the plays out of him that I I I wanted to see. Yeah, what I'm actually gonna do, um, it's already in my brain that I'm clipping up uh, DJ Davidson highlights. Um, I was able to sit down in section 135 tonight, so I was able to watch a little bit more of O-line, D-line stuff, where usually when I sit up top, I, I look at big picture stuff, concept stuff, uh, where the safeties are lining up, et cetera, et cetera. So tonight I was really watching O-line, D-line, and DJ Davidson, man, <laughs> you know, throwing around some second teamers and third teamers, and he looked really, really good. He was he looked strong, and there was even some some pass plays where you know he was uh, ripping out a good little swim move. So that was really, really cool to see, especially as somebody who we've been very meh on this entire show and this summer, and just him as a pick. Um, I saw uh, there were um, some members of his family 
uh, were in front were in front of the restroom in section 135, and they all had D- DJ Davidson shirts on. So I was like, oh, I'll, I thought about saying hi, but then I'm like, we've been kind of mean to DJ Davidson, so I didn't do it. You just tell him, like, hey, he's the first guy out of practice every single day. Yeah, <laughs> love seeing DJ Davidson be the first guy out mm. on the slut every day. Two sacks in two weeks. Both were by DBs. This week, Khalil Dorsey got in on it. But who also had a piece on that sack was Ryder Anderson, who had another tackle for a loss on a, on like a, a third and, uh, like a third and one. Yeah. He, 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 uh, moved laterally, got inside the gap, ripped through. My guy to look a out nice for. Nice tackle for a loss. Again, now that he's moved into that D line instead of edge position, Nick Williams, by the way, that's actually a point. Nick Williams took over for Leonard Williams today, not Jalen Holmes. And he looked pretty good. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. So now right so right now, if you told me to pick five D linemen that are gonna make the roster, it's Leo Dex. I would say Justin Ellis, Nick Williams, and uh Jalen Holmes. So the so the five vets. Um and then I think maybe they try and slip Davidson onto the practice squad. And as much as hey, Ryder Anderson has been fun, but maybe doesn't make the initial fifty-three. Um, but again, he's he's flashed two weeks in a row, and that's good to see. And he's looked he's looked more comfortable at the D line spot. Yeah, you can have veterans on the the practice squad now, so that's my hope of hey, if they really think that Ryder Anderson is worthy of making the fifty-three, which I would, I kind of would prefer the pros pros of Jalen Jalen Holmes and Nick Williams to stick around, but. Um, if they want to go that route, veterans can be on the practice squad. So, I'm trying to think of other defensive notes that I had. Richie James was returning punts. CJ Board, by the way, special. We could talk special teams. CJ Board. Now he got injured on it, but he did fumble. By the way, Mike Thomas came up with the hit and forced the fumble. Michael Thomas. Uh, Darius Slayton didn't play, but if Darius Slayton is Gets cut from a team that has CJ Board on it. I'm going to be pissed. I really am. Uh, let Richie James be the kick returner and the punt returner if 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 you need someone who can add some wide receiver help. Um, also, they dropped Kayvon in coverage a couple times. They like did. There I got was a clip a, of it. A third and long where they dropped him in coverage, and then there he had his first tackle uh, where he dropped in coverage. Doesn't look great at it to be honest. Um, but I did notice that that's something they that they did with him at Oregon. On a third and long, though, I'd, I'd rather just see him pin his ears back and try and push the push uh, the tackles' hips open. But he did do that on like he had a really nice uh, pressure on a, like a third and nine, third and ten. You know, dipped a you know bent bent the edge and forced the QB out of the pocket, which was good. Aziz Ojolari was drawing holding penalties. Aziz, man, I I'm starting to buy into the, like the Aziz hype a little bit, where it's like he did get bigger. You know, you watch him a little bit in some of the practice clips they put out, and it's like, man, this guy's he's packing a little bit of a punch. Like Aziz might might be like better than we might give him credit for this year. Hope so. That'd be really cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> um. So you got anything else on the defense? No. Um. Did you get a good look at the Darnay Holmes uh on the sideline third down catch that he allowed? Yeah. Tell me about that play. I mean, Darnay Holmes just isn't great at man coverage. Is what it is. I mean, they they blitz. Wink Martindale, by the way, did dial down the blitzing a lot compared to last week versus New England. No, he did. I mean, Bill Belichick complained about it. It was it basically only showed up on third down, and a lot of times it was just manufactured stuff, like where you know they would send four, but it'd be the corner comes and the outside yeah. linebacker, you know, that type of stuff. So he did dial down the blitzing a little bit. Um, I know. So we again, joked that's. Him- that's why it's hard. I'm sorry, but that's why it's hard to get a read on the defense because they're not doing that. And then Jerome Henderson's also out here saying that we're intentionally putting our corners out in bad situations. So that's why, again, it's hard to get a read on this defense right now. But I am still concerned about the secondary even with that. So Yeah, and that's why you just look at like individual matchups, you know. Um, like I'm sure they'll do some things to help Aaron Robinson in the regular season. That isn't I'm still worried about him as a matchup. Yeah. You can't hide him every play. Um so so and again, Darn I get that Darn is just not great in man coverage. All right. Um Siegel Law Firm. How about that? Not yes. Steven Seagal's law firm. We want to send you there. This if you're injured Siegel on law the firm. Giants, call Siegel, Siegel Law, law firm. firm is a New York City based personal injury and civil rights law firm. What separ- what separates them? Well, they're facing Aaron Robinson. But they also they truly wow. care about their clients. 
They have what they like to call a Jerry Maguire type approach, where their primary concern is extreme client attention. This means clear, regular communication with clients, keeping you updated on your case and providing assistance with medical providers and insurance issues. They hire the right experts and put every case in the best chance to succeed. They treat clients like family and have incredible client satisfaction. As a result, a lot of firms say this. They actually do it. Treating clients like family is just one of their core values and every decision they make is run through their core values. The misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer is not true. There's no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket cost when they handle your case. You don't pay anything until they recover for you and uh, then they share a percentage of that recovery. There's nothing to lose, so don't disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. Give Siegel Law Firm a call at 646-810-3337 or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get the legal support you need. That's S-E-G-A-L-lawfirm.com. Um, was that like an ESPN breaking news update? or Yes. Or are we reading dumb tweets? Art Stapleton, well, that too. Art Stapleton, three minutes ago. Giants optimistic Kayvon Thibodeau avoided significant knee injury after initial exam per SAS. There we go. Okay. But so further testing good. will determine recovery. Um, Can we do dumb tweets? Yes. Can I go first? Go for it. Jesse Morse, medical doctor. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau looks like a right MCL sprain. ACL appears to be spared. Now that could be true. Probably sounds like it is, I guess. Walked off under own power, was smiling and happy on the sideline after being checked out. Wouldn't be surprised if they did a precautionary MRI. Good thought, doctor. So I replied and I said, this is honestly one of the first times that I've ever done this, that I've ever did this. I replied and I said, shut up. Um, the tweet has 136 likes. My reply has 74 likes. Um, and then he replied to me and said, Justin, comma, what's good? He's a I fan of us. He is? Yeah. Oh, so should I have not replied that? I don't care. I mean, I, I hate that doctor. I, I don't care how often they're right. I think it's reckless for them to do that. I agree. There's no, what's the only point is for them to gain followers on social. It's just, I don't know. Maybe some people disagree. I, I just. That, I don't like that. I don't like giving medical diagnosis when you're not there doing it, especially yeah. with, again, like doctors are supposed to be like held to a different standard. Um, I think this guy might be featured uh, in the dumb tweet segment game day. Uh, hopefully we get some wins because after wins, we can read dumb tweets. After losses, we're not really in the read. I'm just, I just don't think it's going to work with Connor Hughes. Tweet and dot, dot, dot. Daniel Jones is intercepted, hashtag Giants. And did not tweet any context until like later, at the, like when Daniel Jones left the game, he like said something about how the interception wasn't his fault. You can't do that. And then, it's and then just you. So it's your, I know what you're doing. Like you don't, when, so someone replied with the Media Some Clowns t shirt, like you should get this shirt. You'd you like it well. And then he got mad. Yeah, and he said, uh, you know, he like posted his screenshots where he said, like, I was impressed with Daniel Jones the first quarter. One mishap still should have been complete. Quick, you know. Uh, and these are like, these are tweeted like full quarters after. Daniel Jones' night is over. He went 14 16 with 416 yards when the interception, not as, like, so again, it, but he, he, we know what he's doing. And Jets fans have said he's looking for to get as much interaction and just saying Daniel Jones got an interception. I just don't get it, man. Why not just give the context? Like you, pe more people will respect you in your profession if you just give the context. I mean, if you didn't get mad about people and calling him thing. out for don't, it, at least Pat Leonard just embraces it. Correct. Don't that's my like, point. Yeah. Don't don't act like you're you like don't don't act like we don't know what you're doing. Anyways, he tried to play nice with us, and I just I just can't do it. And I'll, continue, I'll I'll be I'll be nice to him and everything like that. But then, you know, and I'm not gonna re I don't I don't really reply like to beat reporters like like that like everybody like you know some other people do. Which I mean, do which one as a fan. I mean, you have every right to. But also, on on the show, it's gonna be like yeah, that's you don't have a you don't really have a good standing to complain when people call you out for stuff like that. You don't. Yeah, like that's just lame to me. Um. So, 
this one, I've debated whether reading this guy's tweet out. This was actually before the game. Because ah, I can't tell if this guy's trolling. And it's the Breaking Tackles Giants podcast guy. Oh, you know love who that him. is? Uh, didn't he say that Jake Fromm was better than Daniel Jones? <laughs> yeah. So he, I, I, I cannot tell if he's trolling or not. I really can't. Because he does like some film stuff. It's like, I just can't tell. So like he had before the game, just randomly. So when is Julian Love going to make a play? Because I keep hearing he's great. And I was just like, so I, I typed out a reply. I didn't do it because like, I'm not just not going to feed it. And I was like, we are 10 days after our last game where Julian Love who no one has ever has called great, played two series. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I don't know. He but. held uh, he held, he held kicks tonight. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's just... Who has called Julian Love great ever? Like, Notre Dame fans in 2018? Giants <laughs> need more Julian Loves on their team. They do. Uh, we're hoping Dane Belton turns into that. That was a big, that was a big um, aha moment for us. There was a few people like Jones has to throw a better ball on that. And it's like, come on, man, it's in his hands. They're Are we really defender trailing? That's the worst. It's like there's no the need to read. Up. Like tonight was one of those nights for me, and I said it in the middle, but I'll just say it a lot more simply now. There's no need to read too much into Daniel Jones's night. Like I, I like I'm, I'm a person no, if who he was wants bad, to. It would have been, but it was, it was fine. I'm a person who who kind of like is open to people like oh if you really want to read into stuff but if there if there is a play to not read into like I, I'm kind of of the mentality of if a, if a receiver gets two hands on a ball kind of should catch it kind of should catch it it's one thing if it's like the Jeremiah Hall throw last week where it's high and off but it was just he threw hey yeah did he have to extend for it yes because there was a defender trailing and Daniel Bellinger is supposed to catch those so anyways that's an episode. Uh, we'll be back with some player profiles and projections uh, throughout the week, and then we'll have an episode. I think Patricia Train is going to be on the show. I hope she, you know, she got COVID, so we hope she's feeling better. I'll, I'll reach out to her, um, and then we'll be doing uh, a reaction to another game, and then fifty-three man cutdowns, and, and then it's like camp is camp is over. Then a long after. ass two weeks is going to need to go by. Um, but it's it's going to be fun. So we appreciate you guys. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go Big Blue.